Welcome to the Ink and Soul podcast, created by Rachel Kong, inspired by indelible ink writers. I'm Lamar Gibbs, content creator and writer, and I'm joined with my co-host, Mia Arrington. I'm a writer, mom, and licensed social worker, and we're so glad to have you tuning in for a soulful conversation on creativity. We'll speak some life into your words and speak some words into your life. And you will change more curious, more courageous, and more compelled to cultivate a life of creativity. In this episode, we are interviewing Christine Bailey from Kindred Farm in Tennessee. So I had the pleasure of quote unquote meeting Christine through Rachel Kong, you know, our fearless leader for Indelible Ink Writers, uh, when she tagged me a couple months ago on Christine, your Instagram page, The Kindred Farm. It was during your purple potato harvest. Oh. And I have to say, <laughs> I remember like, I wish I could just drive in my car and go and help out. And you invited me. You're like, come along. The more the <laughs> so I mentioned that I was just like, you're, you're living kind of our dream. And I just, I'm excited to have you part of this past podcast with us and Lamar as well. Um, Thank you. So we want to just welcome you to the Ink and Soul podcast and um, would love for you to start with telling us a bit more about who you are. Sure. Well, I'm Christine Bailey and I am a produce and flower farmer. Um, And like you said, we live on Kindred Farm and we're in a little town called Santa Fe, Tennessee. Um, It looks like Santa Fe, but it is pronounced Santa Fe, which we learned from the locals shortly after we moved here. Um, Yeah, and it's about an hour south of Nashville, so near Columbia. Um, And I'm also a first time author. I'll be releasing my first book in March. Um, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And then, um, I'm a mom of two daughters. They're 11 and seven. Um, mm-hmm. and I homeschool them here. Um, we've homeschooled since the beginning and then, um, I'm married to Steven. He is a private chef, um, for clients all over the Nashville area, as well as for the farm dinners that we do here on our farm. So that's kind of a nutshell of everything I do. That is very cool. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say a beautiful nutshell. I was just like, wow, that's a lot of different hats I'm hearing. I know. As I'm saying this, I'm like, I have, I think I have three careers right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm just kind of learning as I go. I, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm just showing up and I'm trying to be brave and and Mm -hmm. courageous and just kind of learning as I go and and just enjoying the process. So, Mm. yes. And Christine, once again, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time. Um, So first, uh, how did you become a farmer? Was this always a dream? Was it something you stumbled into? Sure. So I definitely never imagined I'd be a farmer. Um, (laughs) I grew up in a suburban neighborhood in New Jersey, about 30 miles from New York City. And my mom always gardened um, just in our yard. And I watched her do that and, you know, enjoyed the flowers and things that she would plant. And then um, actually in my in my heritage, my grandfather immigrated from Sicily um, and turned his entire yard, his entire backyard into a tomato garden. So 
I grew up just like learning that that was in my blood, but there was definitely no actual farming in my background. Um, And then actually my husband's family, his mom grew up on a potato and rice farm in South Korea and Mm. his dad's side of the family are tobacco farmers in North Carolina. So it's funny that we both kind of have this in our blood, but never, ever imagined that we would be farmers. So um, I would say I always loved being outside and in nature and just always appreciated natural beauty. But as far as farming, um, I'll just backtrack a little of how I stumbled or how I became a farmer, but I went to college in Nashville and I studied music business and worked in the music industry for many years um, before I met Steven. And we ended up moving to Dallas and living there for 11 years. And Mm -hmm. um, I worked for an Africa relief organization, did some different nonprofit work while we lived in Dallas. And then Kind of a pivotal moment was in 2009, we saw the documentary Food Inc. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it um, just talked about like the problems in our food system and and highlighted um, the problems that organic farmers are facing. And it just really lit the fire in both of us to start supporting local farms. So we were like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, the first step is find out where our local farmers are and who they are. And so we're like living in urban Dallas um, in historic urban neighborhood there. And we just started like driving the back roads of Texas on Saturday mornings Mm -hmm. and loading up our little tiny Volkswagen rabbit with coolers. And we're like, okay, we're going to go meet our farmers and we're going to go buy goods from them and, you know, fresh milk and fresh butter and their produce Mm -hmm. and, and, um, bread and things like that and fresh eggs. And so we would do that on Saturday mornings and just experience this like deep exhale and peace Mm -hmm. and connection that um, we were really craving. And, you know, we would bring the food back and start sharing it with our friends and like cook for them. Like we always love cooking and gathering friends around the table. And then that just kind of led to um, them kind of wanting in on it too. And mm-hmm. out of this passion, we ended up starting an organic produce co-op all over Dallas Fort Worth. So it, it grew no from way. just a That's few amazing. Yeah. It grew from just a few families to 2,300 people. Um, and then we also built, um, this is over several years time, but then we built mm-hmm. an urban farmstead where we had bees on the roof and bunnies and chickens and um an organic Wait, did you say with- on the roof can I like yes. did you say on yes. okay I'm yeah, let's go back to that, that. <laughs> okay yeah so in the city you know we're in the middle of just like a city neighborhood so we had um we actually had beehives on our on the roof of our farmstead mm-hmm. so um that was really interesting. And, um, we had a market where we, um, and a cafe. So that's kind of where we started making all of our fun artisan products that we still do here on the farm. But anyway, mm-hmm. all that time, we are also learning how to grow things in our own backyard and just really becoming invested in the soil, um, growing our own food. And we had our two daughters while we lived in Dallas. And then Finally, in 2015, we just, it was a door closing. It was just a big transitional time for us. And we knew it was time to sell our business and move on. And um, I'd always wanted to return to Tennessee. And we're like, okay, well, if we want to try to be farmers ourselves, let's do it in Tennessee. There's four seasons. It's beautiful. We have friends there. And so we just basically packed up our entire lives and moved to Tennessee. And that was the end of 2015. And then we found our land 
about a year later and we started the farm in 2016 from scratch. So, um, yeah, that's how we, there's that's so much richness <laughs> and so much goodness of what you just shared. I'm like, Oh my goodness. That's, yeah. First of oh, all, that's cool. amazing. Incredible. I love to hear that you both in, 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 like, you really do have it in you because of the history mm-hmm. of your family. I'm like, that's to me really beautiful to kind of see that legacy, you know, and how that's living out through you and your husband right now and, Mm -hmm. and your girls and what they get to experience daily. But then to hear the process of, of, first of all, you said you were in music business, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, That's what you made. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure in your mind, you're like, you weren't even thinking about farming, right? (laughs) No, absolutely not. I mean, I worked like a desk job for like eight hours a day sitting. And now I can't yeah. even imagine sitting all day. I just, you know, and so, Steve, but what's great is both of us have marketing and business backgrounds. And mm-hmm. so I feel like we're really equipped to be able to run our businesses with that mm-hmm. knowledge. And I'm so mm-hmm. thankful we have that foundation because so many farmers do struggle that we know mm-hmm. with yeah. like running their business well. Yeah. And right they're really great at farming, but maybe struggle on the business side. So we've been able to like help some friends with that. And so, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. been really awesome. So I think I partly stumbled into it and then partly, you know, once we decided we were going to have our own farm, it was a very intentional decision after like a very long journey of learning the importance of being connected to our food. Yeah, Sure. I'll just add to just what you just shared is so important just for anybody that's listening you know, mm-hmm. the, the one truth that has echoed time after time for me is God wastes nothing. Oh, he that's good. Yeah, that all. is really and good. So just to be mm-hmm. in a position that you said working eight hours and you would never imagine it or, you know, doing your music business and, and everything and seeing how all the backgrounds come together mm-hmm. in this season of your life. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, that You're, is beautiful. You are I preaching love to the choir right now, both of you. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like, this is amazing. I love it. That's so fun. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, yes, Lamar, everything you just said, I've, I love that reminder. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're wondering like, God, why do you have me here? Like, what's the purpose behind this? What's going on? And, um, how he intricately uses everything. Mm -hmm. Um, such a beautiful reminder. Just thank you for that. Um, and Christine, just for sharing kind of the whole process. I always love hearing how, um, in people's stories, like how they get to the point where they, where they're at and what, um, their history has been, you know, um, I think it's something so beautiful, um, and so encouraging, um, because there's a lot of, uh, Ooh, aha moments or, Oh, thank you. You are putting voice to something that maybe someone is struggling with as they're listening to and and trying to figure out how is this all going to come together and work together. And I just love the community that you're Mm. talking about. Like even Mm, you said, you. you know, you and your husband have used, have, um, I'm sorry, been in business market. Marketing, mm-hmm. but you're using that to help other people that that might not be their strong suit as farmers, but what an amazing set of skills to be able to bring, um, to the quote unquote table, yeah. um, you know, and, and help out so beautifully. I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. Well, Have you seen, you. um, Florette flower on discovery plus? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I follow So I'm and- listening to you and I'm just like, she needs her own show. We need to call <laughs> Joanna. They need their own show. Like if, it's what it's reminding me of as you're talking. Oh, and thank you. Everyone yeah. knows I'm like currently obsessed with that show completely, but yes. I will not 
Yeah. They <laughs> do full detail. They do unbelievable things. I mean, mm-hmm. I even look at what they do and I'm like, how are they doing all of this? Yeah. It takes so many people. Um, but yeah, it is, it is really, really beautiful. Um, and yeah, just going, kind of going back to what you're saying about building community, that's really why we, um, picked the name kindred for our farm. It, mm. um, I just, it's a word that means, you know, family, um, or being a part of a family or tribe. And that's kind of what we always wanted for our farm was just that people would feel a connection here and feel peace and, um, just to come to our land and be more connected to God and mm. each other and the land. And so, yeah, that's kind of been, that's been woven into the DNA of our marriage all along from the very beginning. So this, mm-hmm. I feel like is just like another part of the journey we've been living that whole time. So basically I'm going to be scheduling time to come visit you and your husband. <laughs> I've got a three-year-old girl and an amazing husband. Bring <laughs> um, it on. <laughs> I, I just want to say, I just love hearing again, that intentionality. Um, and so you, you kind of shared with us some of um, your mm-hmm. history. What kind of farmer are you? Tell us about sure. um, your days, your seasons, what that look um, looks like and what does a typical work day look like? Okay. So that's a lot. Let me start. With I know. What kind of, <laughs> that's okay. Let me start with what kind of farmer. Um, mm-hmm. cause a lot of people don't know this, but, um, we call ourselves sustainable farmers. So mm-hmm. we aren't certified organic, but we do farm organically, which means we don't use chemicals at all on our farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sustainable farming is about sustaining the earth in a way that provides healthy food for us today while also looking to the future. So Mm -hmm. it's really about like contributing to the health of the land and keeping in mind, um, future generations and like building up the land so that it can Mm -hmm. keep going and thriving in the future. So that's kind of the way that we farm. Um, it's the way the ecosystem naturally thrives and, Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, for me, it's really about being a steward of what's already been created by God and doing my part to help redeem the earth in my own way that I can Mm. as kind of a partner with God. So, Mm -hmm. um, some of the practical ways we do that is, um, we use like minimal machines. So we use a lot of hand tools, a lot of body movements to do a farming, um, rather than like big tractors and things like that. We use Mm -hmm. like compost, natural fertilizers, Um, and Mm -hmm. we are always like creating a healthy environment for pollinators. So lots of flowers and, um, ways that we can encourage bees and butterflies because Mm -hmm. that's like a huge part of sustainable farming. So that's kind of the background of how we farm and what kind of farmer, Mm -hmm. um, but then as far as, um, I've gotten this question a lot is what your typical day looks like. And every time I'm like, no day is the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've tried to get into more of a rhythm lately, but, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I homeschool our two daughters, um, who are in just started second and sixth grade. And then I'm also releasing my book in March. So there's been a ton of other things, um, that need my time and, you know, mm-hmm being here with my girls is like my biggest priority. So, um, kind of a typical day in the morning, I come out to the field and just check if there's seeds that I need to check on or the chickens. We have, um, a whole flock of chickens and a goose. Um, so checking on them and watering any plants, um, that need to be watered. And then the mornings are really for our school time. So, Mm -hmm. um, we love that. I mean, I love learning alongside them and just, um, 
reading, you know, reading books aloud and kind of going where our um, imaginations take us with that. It's, I absolutely love schooling them at home. And so we do that in the morning. And then after that, um, depending on the day, I'll do farm work or I'll work on whatever needs to be done for my book, um, like Mm -hmm. edits or phone calls or whatever, Um, or just, you know, riding bikes, um, playing outside. And sometimes I help Steven with some of his cooking clients. Um, so that's kind of like kind of a typical day, but, Mm -hmm. um, evenings, you know, we really prioritize eating together and, um, just having that time like around the table for our own family. And then, um, every Saturday we have a farm store here on the property. So that's really, really fun. Um, and just, it's open for people from the community to come and we have all our own artisan goods like jams um, pickled items, all our produce, flower bouquets, um, our signature cinnamon rolls and granola. So that's part of the week is preparing for that. And then Sundays, we just Sabbath hard (laughs) (laughs) and we do no work. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of a typical week for us. Um, we really believe in working hard and playing hard. Mm-hmm. and um, really carving out that time because we do so many different things during the week, just really protecting that Sabbath time. And often our Sabbath is going on adventures like waterfalls or hiking. Um, we just cool. love being out in nature and kind of connecting with God that way. And um, as far as seasonally, spring through early spring through fall are the absolute most full times for us. So, you mm-hmm. know, spring planting leading into summer, And then in the fall, we start doing all of our farm dinners and events. So we're pretty much booked like throughout the rest of the year with farm dinners, um, public and private dinners. Mm -hmm. And then winter, we just, we typically get like a longer rest and the land rests and we get to rest and we're still growing some things in the greenhouse over the winter, but um, it's a lot less physical work and and Mm -hmm. a lot less events during that time. So that's really, really important for us to kind of have that that downtime in those months so yeah um yeah that, that's incredible just <laughs> how you just outlined you know okay this is the farming and you have family mm-hmm. and then you yeah. have community that's basically as yeah. i'm speaking how it breaks down and and yep. then of course having the sabbath like you know mm-hmm. uh, as your family you have the sabbath and then the land itself has a sabbath mm, i love sabbath. that I love how you put that. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's how it was like meant to be, honestly, because you see that when you open up, when you're like seeing creation too, like in Genesis, I'm sorry, Lamar, I totally, (laughs) like, you know, you see that, like God says, and on the seventh day, he rested right Mm -hmm. from that creating from that work. And, um, it's something that's always been, it's been meant for us to keep as a people too. Um, to rejuvenate after all of that hard work. So I love hearing the intentionality um, of like, we, we play hard, but you know, like we work hard, we play hard, but we also have that time to, to rest and come together. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as much as we're building community with, you know, people coming to the farm, I think our, like our friends, like our close knit authentic friend community is so important to us and just mm-hmm. being able to refuel in those groups. So you know, often on the weekends, we'll just have like friends sitting around the campfire or just all cooking a meal together. So those are really important for us too to like really refuel and recharge, like with our really close knit community um, mm-hmm. so yeah. that we can then pour out like in bigger ways. So, right, right. Yeah. 
And just like Mia said, it, it just reminds her of Genesis, God and creation. And it's mm-hmm. so many, you know, biblical motifs and patterns yes. and stuff, even as you're talking, mm-hmm. that comes out. Um, so this kind of leads into that next question. Um, because yeah. Farming is hard work, but please tell us, how is it also creative and beautiful? Is there an art to farming? Mm, I love, love, love this. I love talking about this. Okay. It is absolutely creative and beautiful. So as far as creativity, I feel like every season we get to dream up something new with our land. So I love that. I love that every season we literally can like look at a piece of paper and draw up a new plan and, and change things or plant new things we've never tried before or um, move things around where they were before and kind of change the combinations. It's almost like infinite what we could do um, with our creativity as far as farming goes. And what's really neat is I feel like that, that freedom comes from God, that, that comes from my creator to have that freedom, to, to be able to cultivate beauty and connection in the land. And I feel like that's a really huge privilege to have that. So I love that he's given us that ability to, I think all of us are creative in some way, even if it looks different for different people, because we, we come from a creator. So that's um, so good. Yeah, that's what I would say about creativity and then beauty. I mean, oh my goodness, the beauty is like staggering. I everything from like the very first tomato that ripens on the vine to like an entire field of wildflowers that still like stops me in my tracks mm-hmm. and I planted it. Mm-hmm. Um it's just I I've never felt so connected to natural beauty in my life as now when my hands are like literally invested in the soil beneath my feet. And so I feel every season, even if something doesn't quote unquote work well, I feel like my efforts to create beauty and to cultivate beauty are never wasted, no matter what the end result is. Um, And that, you know, there's so much struggle and hard work in farming and so many things that look like failures where you're like, oh, that totally didn't work or like things break. Like there's, there's the natural elements that could come in and ruin like an entire crop. Like all of my zinnias blew over in a storm. Um, but it, we have to have those contrasts because without that struggle, the beauty is with that struggle, the beauty is more real and vibrant. And so I think it stands out even more. So I think everything is like heightened here. It's like the hard and the struggle is heightened and the beauty is heightened in this environment. Christine, you're just like preaching. You're preaching right now. That's what you're doing. I'm just like, all right, Christine, I, I hear you. Like, and it's just so interesting because Lamar, you kind of brought it up before. Um, but it really, so, um, my family and I, like, I actually do a little bit, like very tiny bit of, of gardening um, in my parents' backyard because they have some more space. And so that's why I'm like literally like hearing what you're saying. And it wasn't until we started doing that. And I saw, started seeing my, my daughter really Mm -hmm. get into like walking with no shoes on. She was like one pulling out carrots and literally just munching on it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And my mom's like, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Like (laughs) she's dirt is good. Dirt is good. Right. Um, but it, for me, scripture started to come alive in different Mm. ways by Mm. doing by, by gardening, by working, by, I, I, when you were saying, when I put my hands in the soil, I was like, oh, you transported me there. I was like, I know exactly like what, what you're talking about right now. And 
Um, and it just reminds me of like, you, you said something about getting, having the privilege, um, Mm -hmm. to be a good steward of the land and hearing how you and your husband function and operate in farming. I'm just like, you know, it brings us back to the beginning, what it was always meant to be right. Where, where he tells Adam, like, to take care of it. Like this is, this is for you to take care of, to mm-hmm. enjoy. And, and hearing you even talk about, even in the hard seasons that they have to come, they're part yes. of it. It's all part of it together, but it helps you, uh, see the beauty and helps you to make it like, it makes it that much more vibrant and you appreciate it in a different way. Right. Um, yes. and I'm just like that, first of all, it's powerful. Um, second, I would love to hear, um, you said you're, you're publishing a book in March. Um, yes. what's your book about? Okay. So my book is, I don't think I can tell the title yet, but That's basically, okay. <laughs> basically it's a transformation story just about my journey of what led to becoming a farmer and how it's mm-hmm. changed me. Um, just as a woman finding my strength, a lot of what we've talked about here, just pu- pushing through challenges, mm-hmm. finding the beauty and the grit. And then, um, I really want it to also be inspiring and helpful to people. So it's, part inspiration guide for how to live a a life of connection right where you are, no matter where you live. So, um, it's going to have stories. Yeah. Kind of my, my journey through stories and lots of photos. So it'll be full color, which is really fun. And then, um, there'll be, um, 10 recipes that are, that I've put in there that are meant for, um, just building connection. So they're, they're a step above like, throw some pizza, you know, order some pizza and throw it Mm -hmm. on the table. And, you know, several steps below, like use your wedding China and host (laughs) this amazing meal. It's like, it's an authentic way to gather with people. And the recipes are, um, are for that. I specifically put in ones that you can make with people and enjoy it together. And so there's gathering ideas. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's really my story that I've been, I've been given a share and I'm so grateful for the opportunity and yeah, I cannot wait. I can't wait to, That's to so share beautiful. more about it. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to support. I was just like, that oh, sounds thank you. amazing. So <laughs> I really, I heard you mentioning it before and I was like, I really wanted to have our listeners, um, you know, kind of hear what you're working on and what yeah, it, thank um, you. that looks like. And so that's beautiful. And so you, okay, you bring, um, we, you know, we've talked about farming and, um, you know, growing fruit, uh, food. Um, yeah. And I know that besides bringing food into the world, um, what else does farming do for us for the world? That's a good question. Um, I think the first thing I think of is that farming helps keep us connected. Um, Mm -hmm. I think as a society, like we're more disconnected than ever now, even though we feel like we're more connected through social media (laughs) or things like that. But I think a lot of us have actually lost that like a visceral hands, um, to the earth connection in our society. So I think it's crucial to be connected to the land and our local farmers. So whether that's like you who are, you're like gardening in your parents' backyard, because you want to have a direct connection to the dirt and soil and, and bring your daughter up to have that connection. That's so beautiful. So I think that people can do that in whatever way they can, even if it's just like mm-hmm. a pot of herbs, Um, or if people don't want to grow something on their own, just being connected to your local farmers, 
mm-hmm. at least is just That's so, a good so point. important. Yeah. Because oh, um, market, right? <laughs> what's that? Like the farmer's market. Yeah. And just like going to meet your local farmers, talking to them, finding out about their lives. And um, even if you haven't grown the food yourself, like mm-hmm. um, it's still so beautiful to sit down and have a meal and know like you saw the person that grew that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. And you're, you're directly, you're one step away from where that food came from. And so I think farming is important in that um, it helps us stay connected just to like how we were created. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we were created to be. So um, it also just creates a healthier environment for us here on earth. Like I mentioned before with bees and butterflies and pollinators, like we absolutely have to have those for like all of life Mm -hmm. to survive. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, just knowing how we can encourage that and like um, live a life that encourages that for just the health of the earth that God created. And um, I also think it, you know, it encourages us to gather around the table and to really slow down. Um, I think our society is just moving really, really fast and to have moments where we can Mm -hmm. stop and slow down um, is so crucial. And there's really nothing like you can't hurry nature. Um, It has its own time. And so there, in some ways you're kind of forced to slow down. And I think that's so good for us. And so farming mm-hmm. teaches me that like over and over again, definitely. Um, now, so, yeah. That, and I, that, that's, go ahead. Ahead. Um, I was just going to say, and you had asked me like, if there was an art to farming and um, I think like, I, I've always loved art. Um, I always love art class growing up. I love painting and things like that. And so I think it's just really beautiful. Like farming is an art to me. So I think it brings creativity to the world. It's just like, what is the value of art in the world in general? Like it brings beauty, it brings inspiration. And so I think farming is also an art. Um, and just like any other art, it teaches us that like the process and the journey really matter. And sometimes more than even the end result, that it's the journey that matters. And I think anytime we experience that, it's really, really important our growth so agreed agreed yeah and just to go back to to earlier what i was going to mention was is when you said about how farming makes you slow down yeah um, living in the city new york city um that is a key point there because Mm -hmm. with farming you know you can't industrialize it or if you try to you get the kind of results that we've gotten with the Mm. different kinds of farming that we've you know gotten our food from and it being modified and a whole bunch of things that we can Mm. talk about at a later time um but it's it's so important what you shared about how these um how farming can bring these things to the world Mm -hmm. and and how much of an impact it can make um and so you've you've shared about how it could bring these things to the world but please Mm -hmm. tell us about the intersection between farming and faith how does the two of those things collide? And then how does farming inform our faith? We've kind of talked about that earlier. But mm-hmm. how, how does it inform our faith and how does our faith inform the ways that we farm? Mm, so good. Um, well, they definitely, farming and faith definitely go hand in hand for me. And I would say my faith has become so much more real since becoming a farmer. And um, even before that, I would say just um, since I began investing in the soil, So even in my own backyard, so like what you're doing, Mia, like when I started doing that and just um, getting so close to um, the land um, that God created and 
um, really digging, like literally digging my hands in that dirt, um, my faith became much more real to me. And Mm. so I think I have, um, you know, as a person of faith, I think more than anyone, I, I have a responsibility and a privilege to cultivate the earth that God created because I love the creator. I love his creation and I should take Mm -hmm. care of that more than anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that means we all have to be farmers, but we can all do our part kind of like we were just talking about, like supporting local farmers and being connected to your, where your food comes from, even if you're not directly doing that. Um, and you know, just the scriptures themselves are just full of farming analogies and (laughs) so many important lessons. I mean, you know, just some of the ones I can think of are just, you know, the parables about the importance of good soil and what can grow in good soil versus rocky soil. I mean, we see that literally every day, like we're growing, we're, we're adding layers of health to our soil. And -hmm. every year we see better plants grow out of that. Um, we see if we let weeds go, like if if a weed, when it's a really tiny little sprout, if you would just pull it out, then it wouldn't cause problems, but we let it grow to this like big, huge thing that like knocks us over when we're trying to pull it out. Mm. Um, it's such a, you know, great analogy to what things we allow in our lives and like what happens when we let things grow that shouldn't be there. Um, you know, and then just that, something really beautiful can grow from a tiny little seed. Like I see that Mm -hmm. every season and that (laughs) amazes me every single time, even though I do it every single time, I, it always amazes me that I'm like, I'm holding this giant butternut squash, the size of a football. And this grew from like this tiny little seed. It's still miraculous every time. Um, So I think being in touch, it's like, we literally get to be a part of miracles all the time um, Mm. in farming in a tangible way. And then, um, as far as like how farming informs my faith, um, I would say one of the things I learned in farming that informs my faith is just the value of imperfection. Um, because here we, I mean, perfection isn't even possible here. So Mm. we will fail every time if we focus on perfection. So we kind of have a motto here on the farm of progress over perfection. And that's what we aim for. And um, so that's I think beautiful. that, yeah, sorry, so I was just, chuckling. Cause I have that sign in my office right now. Like, it's oh literally my gosh. Right wow. in front of me. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's why I was so chuckling. Perfect. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, well, then, you know, it's like imperfection can be celebrated be- and, you know, our faith says that we're loved um, as we are in our imperfect Mm. selves and God uses that for good. And so I think about that a lot with farming and then probably the biggest way that farming informs my faith is, um, I've had a big shift in my faith in recent years. Um, kind of the way I grew up in Christian circles was more like, we're only here temporarily. Um, so, you know, just do everything you can and then get out of here, move on to heaven, move on to eternity. This whole, this is all going to burn. Um, and that never, like, even like a childhood that just never set well with me. And it always really bothered me. It mm-hmm. felt like it wasn't right. And that my faith felt like very in the, in the distance, like mm-hmm. everything I was doing here on earth was just for some distant thing I couldn't see or feel. And now I think the biggest shift is that the kingdom of God is like here now it is it's here on earth. Mm. And 
it's not perfect and it's definitely not fully redeemed. Like there's so much horrible things going on right Mm -hmm. now. I mean, even lately, it's just feels like it's getting worse and worse and there's so much brokenness, but, um, the kingdom of God is, it's not this far off place that we can't feel or touch. It's right here at our, like at our fingertips. And so I see kind of that sacredness woven into my everyday here, um, on the farm and, um, really at like our, we do these farm dinners several times a year. We call them kindred dinners. And every single time I'm just like, get so emotional at those dinners because it's all these people coming that a lot and most people don't know each other. And it's just like, like beautiful picture of what will happen one day in eternity. I believe where it'll be like the ultimate table, the ultimate nourishment, Mm -hmm. the ultimate picture of unity. And it's just like a glimpse of it, but it's, it is a glimpse. It is, we get to Mm -hmm. feel some of that here and now that makes sense. Totally. Does I think that's that's so beautiful too of a tangible physical like picture mm-hmm. here and now. Um, and actually you're saying this, and I'm like, wait, this is actually how I heard about you first. Rachel and I were talking about um farming and just dream of like homesteading and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, she mentioned uh your dinners, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's so beautiful. <laughs> and you just said that um not everyone knows each other, right? That yes. that comes and get out of town. Yeah. I'm just like, that is so <laughs> powerful. Yeah. Um it's awesome. Yeah, just, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say no, it's awesome. go ahead. <laughs> like these, it's like these long tables that go on forever, you know, as far as the eye can see our biggest dinner, we had 150 people, um, at, you know, just a big long table and people come with friends usually, you know, or they're like coming on a date or whatever, but you're sitting next to people you don't necessarily know. And it's Mm -hmm. every time it's inevitable that people make new friends or they're connecting with people. And Cause I just think that is what the table does for us. It is, Mm. it's so much more than just like, um, a place where you just sit and eat. It's a place where like our soul can be nourished. And that's a lot of what I wrote about my book is just creating space for people, um, in an authentic way that it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be a performance. It's not a hosting Mm -hmm. situation. It's Mm -hmm. about just creating authentic space for people. And, um, I think things, unravel, um, naturally from there, because it is like, once again, that is what we are created for. We're created Mm -hmm. for connection. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we do is just provide the space for that. And we do our absolute best, you know, with the gifts God's given us, we put out the absolute best food we can and create the most beautiful space Mm -hmm. for people. And from there, it's just kind of takes off on its own. Uh, I I feel like the theme of what you <laughs> what you're sharing is just intentionality, and mm-hmm. I just hear it and see it etched and woven through mm-hmm. everything that you've honestly shared with us tonight. Oh, um, and I just find that to be so beautiful, and it's it's something that actually the father has been working on my heart with this year specifically. Mm. And with that word, and I'm just like, so hearing this, like how it can, a way can play out realistically, tangibly, like mm-hmm. it's just so, so beautiful to hear. And I'm, I've always said and shared, so I am a, 
a trained social worker. I'm a licensed mm. social worker. Um, but one thing I've always shared with um, clients in the past with my members, like currently, you know, you do the best you can with what you have and with where you're at. And, and hearing what you're saying, I was just like, you know, not everyone may be able to farm or they may not right. be called to farm, like you were saying, but there are some other things um, that they can be doing um, mm-hmm. to kind of be intentional and live intentionally. And I love that you gave us some more ideas on how to do that as well. And then I just even think about, okay, so I live in the city, right? I'm in the inner city yeah. and hearing about having your meals, like that starting off at home, right. And creating that intentional space at home with my daughter, with my stepson, with my husband, like just the beauty that that can like foster right there. And that's something that anyone can do, right. Mm -hmm. Anyone can show up at the space where you're at. And, um, I love what you said, you know, we use the gifts that God has given us and we put, it's like you, you work unto the Lord, you put your best foot forward and everything else, like it's, it's how it, you know, flows and goes. And he kind of, it's like this beautiful thing where he just meets and, and he's there in the midst. And it's like, my clothes, like you're so good. Um, so I, I just love um, hearing that so much. And I'm so curious, um, Mm -hmm. to hear, about your inspirations, like what is currently inspiring you? So we have this question that we ask on the podcast. It says, you know, what's inspiring your ink? What's informing, shaping um, your creative work these days? I love how you guys phrase that. That's so cool. Um, I think- Thank you, Rachel. I I mean, one of the first things that comes to mind is paying attention. I think what inspires my ink as far as like my writing work is paying attention to details. I really think like Mm -hmm. the story is in the details and everything I write, um, I try to make richly detailed because I think that that is what makes it come alive. Mm -hmm. And we can't really pay attention if we don't slow down enough to see those details. So um, that's something that always inspires me um, just in my daily life. And a lot of that I find in nature, like always, I'm always inspired by natural beauty. Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's just like hiking with my family or going to waterfall and just like sitting in silence near the water or walking through my own wildflower fields. Um, I love doing, um, art myself. I love painting and drawing with my girls. Um, and I love reading. I love following other writers and, um, reading books about writing, like anything by Anne Lamott, always mm-hmm. 100% inspiring. Um, I have um, a little book club every month with my friends, a couple close friends. And so that's, I just love, like, I think for writers, I think it is always inspiring to read, read, read. And the more you read, you're inspired in your own writing. So um, reading novels and then on my own reading kind of some spiritual formation books. So I'm currently reading an altar in the world by Barbara Brown Taylor. I don't know if you guys have read that one, but it is like a life changing. It's kind of an older book and people have told me forever to read it, but it is just so, so beautiful. It's kind of about that concept of like eco faith and um, that the world has you know, alters in it all throughout, like the ordinary of our days, just finding that sacredness mm-hmm. woven mm-hmm. through our everyday. So, um, sounds beautiful. It does, yeah. It does. Um, but I think overall, I'm just, 
I'm inspired by other women who are showing up and are just like present in their lives and, and being brave, even though they're afraid. Cause that's how I feel a lot of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just living in who they're created to be. So those are a bunch of things that inspire me. Yeah. I can see why those are inspiring for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like it, it's, it's just, just to see all of that and, and to like, you mentioned reading um mm-hmm. you hear it all the time from writers about just reading from other mm-hmm. people and how inspiring that is um and and it's so true um, I'm, I'm still learning you know how to pay attention to the details as well mm-hmm. um my fiance who vanessa who will be my wife by the time this comes out um, she, she's <laughs> so always fun. stressing you know the details and she is in love with people's stories and so oh, she's able that. to recall and 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 really focus on the, on the details that people are sharing and, and how inspiring it is and how important it is. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you sharing that, like that's, I can see why that would be so inspiring. Thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that so much, I, I, what I love about reading fiction is, I mean, most of them are like nothing like my life, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that that is so cool. And we have those moments of connection in our humanity where like, we do see some of our own story and someone else's, mm-hmm. um, even if it's nothing like our life. And I think that's one of the things that like really encouraged me in writing a book and going for it, even though I was really, really scared about it at first and actually going for it. And I still have moments of fear along the way, but I just keep going because I believe that God's given me a story to share. And I just want to like share that faithfully and see where that leads. Um, and I think that we do see ourselves in other people's stories. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I, so agree. I, hope- I love that you say that yeah. too. And I think how courageous it is to keep moving, even like not letting fear hold you back in that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm just like, what I'm finding out currently in my season is that most people are doing things afraid and when they're yes. trusting God and they're things are just like, I don't know how this is fully going to like work out, but they're stepping forward and they keep moving and working forward. And I was just like, I just know I'm like, there's going to be someone who's listening to this. Who's, it's going to be like, Oh, I needed this. I needed that yeah, reminder so. to keep, to keep pushing, to keep walking, even if it, it doesn't always make sense. Or you're just like, mm-hmm. what am I doing this? You know, but you're trusting ultimately that God is like Lamar said earlier, not wasting anything. And even if yep. it's not perfect, you know, and which what I find process is never perfect. It's always imperfection, yes, but you're absolutely. growing and learning and being pushed. And I'm just like, what, what a beautiful reminder, honestly. Yeah. And I think also one of the things I found in this book writing process is really the con really the truth of manna and that I, Mm -hmm. if I get too far ahead of myself, inevitably, I am so full of anxiety. I'm stressed, but Mm -hmm. if I truly do just like, okay, one little step. Okay. Just the Mm -hmm. next thing, like just do the one next thing God's put before me. Um, I have everything I need. If I do Mm -hmm. that, if I stay focused on that, it's when I get like way too far ahead and, and try to go, you know, too far into the future. And that's when I start to like lose my grip. But, um, so I that's don't know. A that's a powerful picture. That's such yeah. a good picture. I'm going to think of that now, like manna, like, you know, <laughs> that like yeah. he is going to meet you daily with everything that you need. And so not to move 
too yeah. far ahead. Like one, you want to be where he has you, you know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes running ahead. It's like, Oh wait, you're not there. Sorry. Yeah. You're like back there. So I need to backtrack a little bit, you know, but that's, that's a really good analogy, honestly. Thank yeah. you. Good. This has been a, an amazing conversation. Um, there's so much that has been shared and so much that we can chew on, um, you know, but as we near the end of our conversation, just for this last question, um, what's soothing your soul or what's informing, shaping, restoring your soul these days? Hmm. I love that question too. You guys have such great ones. Um, well, for me, it's, <laughs> thank it's you, Rachel. That have, yeah. Rachel, you're awesome. I want to meet yeah. you one day. <laughs> um, the things that have always nourished my soul are still the things that nourish my soul. And that's, um, a good nourishing food. It's cooking for my family and friends. I absolutely love cooking. I love being in the kitchen, like rustic seasonal cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being around the table. I love drinking wine on the front porch and listening to the sound of the Creek. Um, I love adventuring. I feel like, um, even if it's like a rigorous day, um, hiking or whatever, I feel so filled after those times. Mm. Um, I love being in mountains. Um, you know, when I really need, like when I feel, feel anxious, I think being outside and being in nature always restores my soul. And, um, I have struggled a lot with anxiety in the past or, and it's still do in some ways, but I, I realized recently, like I have never once felt anxious while I was outside farming. Um, I've never felt anxious while I was connected to the dirt and to the soil. Um, and so it's something that like always calms me and always kind of brings me back to who I am and what I'm here to do. Um, so yeah, I think just sharing beauty with people, um, our farm being a place where people like friends can come and just relax and exhale and slow down. Kind of like we talked about before we do lots of campfires and just like really casual hangouts and just letting people be and be who they are and, um, have those natural conversations that unfold when you provide the space and time for them. Um, always really speak to my soul. So as much as I'm an introvert, I am a very social introvert. So I love having those times to connect with people. So yeah. That is absolutely, I'm like, I want to be there. Can I I come? (laughs) Campfire sounds so great. No, but really Christine, just everything that you've just like shared your heart with us tonight is, Mm. um, and I just so thank you and appreciate um, you for showing up here and, and just talking with us and being a part of, um, the Ink and Soul podcast. Like it's just, there's so many little just nuggets of wisdom that you've shared. I know for me that I'm like, Ooh, that was so timely. I needed to hear Aww. that. And I just appreciate it. And I'm like, it's so cool that you're Jersey, you know, come, you're from Jersey and just here. <laughs> I love it. You know, got family and queen, like all these connections. I'm just yeah, like, this so cool. is beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we just thank you so much. I really, I'm like, I don't want this to end. I like, know. I feel like we could talk so for like two more hours. Is everyone yeah. okay with listening to Agreed. that? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, no, you- I just, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you guys are awesome. I love the work you're doing. And I really feel like what you guys are doing with indelible ink is like, it's a different way of looking at writing. And I love that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I'm so excited to be on here and to be a part of your work in some way. It's so awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
going to close us out with this. Uh, thanks to the listeners uh, for letting us speak life into your words and speak life, speak words into your life. Excuse me. Check back in with us next week with another conversation. And if you're on Instagram, tell us about your work and tag us at hashtag indelible ink writers. We can't wait to see and share all that you're up to in the space between now and next time. Create from your soul and for your soul. Thank you.